0: previously on the loyal littles podcast
1: i've been saying that wrong apparently yep what am i doing i'm adding a whom t- a or a two you're or-
0: adding an extra two the woman to whom i am related to by marriage you've already taken care of the two previously so you don't need to have it the second time so it's the woman to whom i am related by marriage
2: roxy is as always is correct thank you I, <laughs> but
3: I, I still,
1: i'm lost Welcome back to the Loyal Little's podcast on the
0: WTFC
4: podcast network. That's right, folks. I am back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Simon. Hi, Simon.
4: All the way from London. Yeah. Or No, you're not well, in London. Oh, oh I did God, it again. Classic American. Simplification, Great
1: Britain.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm a
1: classic American. Uh, he hates that. Where are you, Simon?
4: <laughs> I'm from. I'm in Essex right now. Essex, mm. and you just Essex. had
1: your tea. You just had your afternoon tea because we're here in I the morning did. here.
4: I know, yeah. I had my afternoon tea, but by afternoon tea, it was just a cup of tea and a Jaffa cake, if anyone knows what they are. They're ah, delicious. I don't know what they yeah. are. they
0: make that on the Great British Baking Show?
4: I'd be surprised if they made a Jaffa cake, maybe if it was a challenge. It's kind of a cross between a cake and a biscuit, and it's got orange and chocolate on it, and it's delicious. Ooh. But fun fact that I learned, apparently, they had to go to court to persuade the government that they were a biscuit, not a cake, because... <laughs> Because for tax reason, cakes, apparently, you have to pay VAT, which is a value-added tax, whereas biscuits, you do not. Oh. So they managed to persuade the courts, apparently, because after a certain amount of time, it becomes a biscuit because it goes so stale, but it's still edible. And that's how they won the case or something like that, my mum just told me. So there you are. Fun fact about random British uh, Wow. Wait, biscuits. I love that.
1: All right. Well, welcome to National Red Wine Day. (laughs)
0: Ooh. Happy Red. I could drink that now. You can. Thanks to David David Spector. Spector.
1: And it's also, now this is where these get stupid crazy. Uh, It's also National Notting Hill Carnival, National Crackers Over Your Keyboard Day. What? National (laughs) Bowtie Day. That's a fun one. Cute. National Cherry Turnover Day. Ooh. And National Rainbow Bridge Remembrance Day. Now, What's the Rainbow Bridge? Well, it has to do with your the death of a beloved pet.
0: Oh. Yeah. My cat, Burley. And,
1: and we just had uh, National Dog Day. Or S- two days ago. Two
0: I days believe. ago, yeah. yep. So mm-hmm.
4: we had National Living Dog Day, and now we have National Dog <laughs> Day. Apparently,
1: we're remembering <laughs> oh. them. All right. Well, we have so much to get into today, but I'd like to start off with probably, I'm not calling it a review, but it is sort of a review of our podcast. It's simply someone I reached out to. I won't give out who it is. So I, I, unfortunately, I'm not going to give them credit because it's hopefully a future Meet the Littles guest. Yeah. So, But I wanted to read, I reached out to them saying, hey, would you like to meet the Littles, blah, blah, blah. And they wrote back, I'm fascinated by this concept. I'm just some dope who is a nobody, and you want to talk to me about who I am and my relationship to some old, bald, orange, former newspaper man who I've never met? Sounds good to me. So <laughs>
0: That is the perfect description. That is the
1: perfect description. I might change the description in our notes. Yeah. That is this That's podcast. That's what we do. That's what we do that here at pretty the pretty close Lose to podcast. what I just
4: described to my dad. He was like, what are you about to do? I was like, uh, basically, <laughs> that is the exact description I gave. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: And uh, we'd like to also mention before we get really started into the podcast that we're just going to make the proclamation and the announcement right now. Here, let's just get it over with. Todd Takei, you are the official craft beer connoisseur of the Loyal Littles podcast. There is no question about that. There will be no debate. That's it. I said it. Boom. Done. All right. And Roxy, you've kind of jumped on Twitter with me because I'm so overwhelmed with all of this stuff that's been going on. Now, mm-hmm. Simon, I know you're not a big Twitter person, but I'm just throwing this out there. We could use your help. We have had so much soccer talk, and we don't know what's going on. Somehow, yeah, you
0: tag us and stuff, and I'm like, I don't have a clue. I, I don't think not know it what was, this I think is. we were being
1: punished. <laughs> I think that's what someone said. We were being punished, and I don't even know what happened. We just, hold on. I hate when people, when you text them and say, can I call you? You know, Are you available for a call later today? And call then you. they just call you.
4: Oh, yeah. What's the etiquette on that? So if someone says, are you available for kool later Typically You just you say text back.
0: yes at this time.
1: Right. Or say, sure, what's up? Or what what time's good for you? Or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. just like call.
1: I mean, at least I had my phone off. But I mean, Littles, what's the etiquette there? Oh, case,
0: oh, this is this is I, on the podcast. I, I
1: might keep this in because this is actually an interesting <laughs> question, I think. So yeah, what is...
4: I, I don't know. I, I have never thought about it. I think I have been guilty of doing this in the past. of just like... Cooling.
1: Yeah. So what is the edit? So I I text this person because I was afraid that they might still be getting ready. I guess is how I'll say it. Or they might even still been sleeping. I don't know. So, you know, it was pretty early in the morning. I just text them and
0: Yeah, the etiquette is read the text in full. (laughs) And if it says, Can I call you later? You say you then respond, you don't call right away. You just (laughs) respond with another text back saying, sure. What time are you thinking?
1: Okay, to be fair, let What me, do I
0: need to know? To and be fair, that's it.
1: I wanted to check the text to make sure. Okay, this was the text. Hey, are you around today by any chance for a quick call?
0: Okay, oh, so you, you said that Lisa. wrong. You didn't yeah. tell us that. So, But still, I don't think they should then immediately call you, they should just say, sure, what time? Okay. Well, or I'm what's an anxious up? <laughs>
4: person and they're worried that like you're in trouble. Maybe. You know?
1: Maybe. Uh, yeah, Maybe yeah. they're coming to my rescue. Okay, well, why don't we do this? They just left a voicemail, so let's hear what they have to say.
2: Hey, uh, I hope you're not playing softball. It's really, really hot outside. Anyway, got your message. Uh, give me a buzz when you can, and if I'm within earshot of it, I will pick up. Bye.
3: Okay. Yeah.
1: All
0: right. Wait, they, that's they really somebody. Want to to it's
1: professional. I mean, sort of. That's I, fine. But you did. I mean, how dare you interrupt the podcast? <laughs> and answer his question, I will be out there playing softball. Yes, it's going to be freaking hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's little. Let us know. What's your etiquette is in something like that? Now, you're saying I said the wrong thing.
0: Well, that's not as bad as I was initially thinking because your wording was different than yeah. what you initially told us. So that's fine and leaving a voice message is fine but that also could have been sent as a text but maybe that person yeah. doesn't enjoy texting either. there's
4: something dodgy going on here because neither of you are specifying any details of what this phone call is about <laughs>
0: <So> <laughs> well i don't know what it's about sure, yeah
4: it's work sure there's no written record of it and then he leaves a voicemail <laughs> leaving no actual evidence doesn't even say his name
0: at all i know i'm <laughs> yeah. like who is that is that a little is that one of you people
4: no Ooh. it's not it's not <laughs> a little. Yeah, so if I'm listening to this podcast, I want to know what happens next. Well,
1: you'll have to stay tuned. Maybe the next episode I'll fill you in on what happened. Maybe I'll even record a little. All right. And uh, so, Simon, what's going on in the soccer world? We were talking about the soccer talk until we got rudely interrupted by this person who could have just easily texted me back. (laughs) <laughs> Instead of like going into a,
0: it's a sign that soccer talk is yeah. Is we still, should we should no matter bother. how much you explain it to us, it's still gonna go way over our heads. Yeah, there were
1: all these tweets and like, comments. I don't have a clue. I'm like, what's happening in this world? Oh, and then the other big one that's just blowing our mind, Roxy, is the football fantasy football. Littles are cray cray.
0: What is PPR?
1: I, well, I finally figured that out. I
4: think points per reception, isn't it? Whoa,
0: Simon! Wait, what? what?
1: Points per reception. Yeah. Oh. We had no idea. I didn't know we could call you on this, Simon. I thought you were the soccer guy.
4: Oh, I, I don't know if you remember. I played uh, football. Oh, that's and true. You and watched. you beat
1: the cricket team, apparently.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, t- at mm-hmm. cricket. <laughs> at cricket. Oh, right. <laughs> See, I listen.
1: <laughs> um, I, that's true. Okay, so points per... We had no idea. People were losing their freaking minds because the moderator... I believe it's Mr. Patrick Moffat yeah. is the guru of the... Fantasy football league, and he was putting out a poll to see how we wanted to score things. And as we posted on Twitter, Roxy just laying over here like, uh, "When do I get to pick Tom Brady?" That's all I care about. (laughs) And I was seriously trying to like be involved in it, and I didn't know what PPR meant, so I was just like, "I'm going to hang back and just." But you know, you get all the updates, you get all the comment updates, and the on your Twitter thing. So, I mean, literally I'd go away for like five minutes. I'd come back. I'd have 20 comments or 20, whatever they're called, notifications. It was crazy. Yeah. They were nuts.
0: I think one of the funniest things to me about this podcast in general is the fact that we walked into this, especially Chuck, thinking that we knew a lot more than we oh, do. Yeah. And we're
1: not smart nor funny. No. <laughs> I mean, we knew that. I knew I wasn't funny, but I thought I was kind of smart about fantasy football yeah. I have no idea. We're no done. Idea. Now, Tiny Chuck, who's a big talker, but he's not coming back on the podcast. He was supposed to be on today. It'll and then be another two
0: months, though. Yeah,
1: at least two months. He's <laughs> he's in, and he's a big talker. He's like, oh, well, I'm too busy listening he's to my stoked. fantasy podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been listening to all these fantasy football podcasts, apparently. and He's doing his research. Doing his research. He's, he's all in, little. So, Sully, please beat him. <laughs> That's all I can say. Because <laughs> he's getting a little big, big for his first britches, britches. And he can't even come on our podcast, so. <laughs> Until Tiny Chuck gets back on the podcast, I'm rooting for Sully. So, well, I'm rooting for you, Roxy, of course, first. Thank but. you. You uh, can
0: leave me out of it. It's okay.
1: So, Simon, you nailed it, but we uh, did have someone write in. They say, PPR stands for points per reception, so every wide receiver and pass-catching running back are more valuable than other players.
0: I mean, that makes sense, but just tell me when I get to pick Tom Brady.
1: And I believe that came from Claire's nephew,
0: <laughs> Oh, <laughs> for
1: the record. All right. Now, before we get to our Meet the Littles guest, why don't we just get into... These are all just random comments. I love these because they range from episode, I feel like, Mm 5 up to 80. Mm -hmm. And that's because we have some people like Mr. Eric Barnes playing catch-up. Yep. And it's, it's so much fun to relive some of these. Eric Barnes says... I have to come clean. When I put the potato chips in my pb and J, I I press down a bit to crush slash break up the chips.
0: Yeah, that's what you do. I guess I never mentioned that.
1: Yeah, I guess small not. Small
0: little detail, but yeah, that's what I do.
1: Maybe not everyone does that.
0: No, you got to just like...
1: Smush them down, right? Yeah. I just think it's wrong regardless, but that's a whole Well, other also, if
0: you get a chip that's not super flat, it helps flatten it. So that you don't hurt the inside of your mouth as you're biting down onto it. <laughs> Here's
1: a way. Just don't put them on the freaking sandwich. No,
0: it's so good, though.
1: <laughs> anyway. And then he writes, my, ch- my pattern, Chuck, for every new show, I do an old show. So that's fun. Mm. So he's a super fan now. That's, he, cool. that's That's like four episodes a week. So that's wow. good on him. Todd Takei wrote in, actually. He writes in, Tiny Chuck's Pineapple Take has me on Team Sully now. We tend to be completist TV watchers, but we've bailed on Manifest, other similar shows on network TV, and 10 reasons why, when you realize there wasn't a second season plan developed until after the show was renewed. So I get all that.
3: Yeah.
0: I
1: do. I kind of mentally bailed on Manifest as well, even though I sat here and watched it with you.
0: Yeah, I I I still watched it. She
1: watched it. I was kind of like doing other things while I was watching it, if that makes sense. Honestly, I have
0: to go back because I missed the entire first season. I maybe saw one or two episodes of the first season and thought, oh, I don't think I could get into this. So I didn't watch it. And then by the second season... I started watching it regularly. So I need to go back and like catch up and really understand what had happened.
1: Then we did hear from Sully from Boston. He says, hey, Roxy, very interesting. Little Chuck felt his life was over after hearing James Earl Jones do a mic check before you two got married. <laughs> 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 why is he always causing trouble? that's why we love Always causing trouble. Uh, always that's, causing
0: trouble. Him. that's okay. That's I had a Sam Summer ale the other night and it was very tasty.
1: So eat that, Sully.
0: Yeah. Or should I say drink that? <laughs>
1: Why is there? Why isn't it a thing? You say eat that. Why don't you say drink that? Yeah, Sully. Yeah, we could do that. All right. And then we heard from Jenny Robbins. This is based on our now we can't throw Simon under the bus for this because he was not here this last time we did the Friday five. And she's like, seriously, none of you mentioned bacon as the best (laughs) thing you can put on your sandwich.
0: Bacon is pretty awesome.
1: Yeah. And Ed Butt then also came in with seriously, why not add a strip or two of bacon? It's not traditional, but WTF. Now, don't be giving away what our (laughs) podcast network stands for there, (laughs) Mr. Butt. And he posted pictures of hot dogs. Now, that's Mm, interesting.
0: Bacon on a hot dog is really good.
1: I've never done that either.
0: I don't typically go towards that, but I've had them and it's very good. I don't know why I don't go for that every time. But
1: now I'm still not, if I'm putting bacon on the hot dog, I'm not taking off the other stuff. No. But I don't no know how. Said the,
4: you had to.
0: No,
1: I know, but I'm just trying to put that in my head. I'm like, should I just have the bacon? Because I, I'm a big. Oh, we've gone down condiments. this road. Big condiments. Ketchup, Ketchup mustard, relish, onions. Cheese. Um, I don't put cheese yeah, you could on the. you just
4: my... have a bacon sarnie, as we call it. A bacon, a bacon, bacon what? Sarnie. A bacon sarnie. What the hell is that? Basically, it's a bacon sandwich, but it's like more of a roll kind of than mm. bacon roll. I guess is what you call it. Huh. bacon sarnie. <laughs>
1: All right, and then let's get out. Of here. Get to our meet the little guests. but we can't get out of here. Without this, from Claire Natola, Marie of Easttown, Mayor Chuck, you need to just stop reading the titles of television shows and let Roxy do it.
0: Thank you, Claire. (laughs) You get me. Well,
4: feel my pain. to read the letters? I'm not.
1: (laughs) I'm not saying she's wrong. Look, it's a show I don't watch. I mean, Marie Mayor. It's one letter. Downton, downtown. It's one letter.
0: Read the full thing. Comprehend the full thing. I get and excited. then speak.
4: You're asking a lot.
0: <laughs> I know. It is a lot. It's okay. All right.
1: Well, littles, let's get out of here. We have a very, very special Meet the Littles guest today. I'm not sure exactly I mean, I geeked out completely mm-hmm. for pretty much the entire interview.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: However, we're gonna come back and we're gonna do something special. Now we normally come back with a song independent artist
0: you just have to stick around and listen just
1: stick around and listen we'll be right back with meet the littles
0: you're listening to the loyal
3: littles podcast on the wtfc podcast network keep listening it's really funny
1: welcome back to the loyal littles podcast now, Roxy, this is the section where we always normally have a song, right? Sure. And we get to introduce a new artist, and we have that. But this is, a, this is a different kind of song. So I wanted to do something a little special to get you in the mood and put us in the right vibe for the audience and all that stuff. So, Roxy, if you would, I'd like you to close your eyes. Oh, boy. And just imagine... You're in a horror movie, oh, and no. take a
0: listen,
1: <laughs> or you're about to watch a horror movie. Okay, okay like, these okay. are the opening credits. Okay, okay. All right, here we go.
0: Ooh, scary!
1: Like that, right, Roxy?
0: Ooh, baby! This is so not
1: your thing, Roxy. <laughs> but no, seriously, this is like film credits. Totally. Yeah. This is totally great. Really cool. So, We are being played in this episode by Garrett Schumann, and this piece is called Concatenation. Now, Roxy, say that five times fast. It's
0: concatenation, 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 Okay, show concatenation.
1: off, haha ha. <laughs> Anyway, I think you'd like to know more about this composition, right? Absolutely. And, I mean, all this under, great underscoring. Yeah. So, well, why don't we bring in the composer? Please welcome to the podcast, Garrett Schumann. Hey, Garrett, how's it going?
2: All right, everything's going really great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm a fan of the show, and uh, I really appreciate you inviting me to uh, introduce myself to The Littles.
1: It's our pleasure. Now, this is really interesting, because obviously most of the music we normally play on the podcast is not like this at all. It's usually like rock and roll or just pop songs. So let's get right into this, and we'll certainly come back to where you're from and all that other stuff. But would you consider this a classical piece of music?
2: Sort of. So it's like, it's what we call contemporary classical. Mm -hmm. If we're, if we have to come up with a, concise way of describing it. So just as in the 19th century, in the 18th century, you had Mozart and Beethoven and a lot of other composers writing music for concerts and that sort of thing. There are people just like me who do that now. And so it's in that same tradition of writing down music for performance. And I think one of your guests last week was like, why would you ever write music down? It's just sometimes you have to do that so people Mm. can play what you come up with. But there are a lot of other ways to transmit your ideas to people. So yeah, we would be like contemporary classical music, because it's in the sort of tradition of classical music, but it's being created now. And so, okay,
1: so um, let me make sure I throw this in littles, we obviously will play the full song at the end of the podcast, or excuse me, we will play the full composition at the end of the podcast. (laughs) Now, let's talk, say it, say the title again.
2: So the title is concatenation, which is a fancy word for coming together, but it's also an homage to one of my favorite bands. It's a Swedish... Metal band called Mashuga, and they have a song called Concatenation as well. Yeah. And actually, one of the big areas of musical influences for me is heavy metal music. And there's actually a different piece recording I sent you that is a lot more. There are a couple other ones that are a lot more heavy metal. And this one, actually, at the if you all for all of you listening, if you stick through the beginning of the piece, it gets a lot more rhythmic and kind of heavy metally, but it's sort of I like the word and I like the track by Mashuga and so I was like I'm going to use that when I wrote this piece nice. yeah
1: this is one definitely little you're going to want to stick around and, and listen to the full thing at the end now I'm a, a big film score guy I love movie soundtracks yeah I'm always you're listening constantly
0: that. so every movie we watch you're constantly your hands are going like you're conducting to yeah. it it's and you're got... very it's very <laughs> And I've gotten now to the point
1: where I even hear it if at the same composer for TV shows. So I've been getting into all that. And I clicked on this and I was like, oh, my God, this has to be underscoring for a movie. It Mm -hmm. has like a horror flick. It's great. It's great. I'm just kind of speechless. Oh, thank you. Yeah.
2: Well, I, I think a lot of horror films use... Actually, there are some famous examples from film history like the exorcist uses like some experimental classical music uh-huh. yeah. in it like just just takes the recordings stanley kubrick does that in um 2001 as well and so there is sort of like a weird overlap st- and like philip glass is a mm-hmm. very well known living composer he scored a lot of movies i don't know if he scored a horror movie before but there mm-hmm. is sort of like an overlap between sort of the musical space where I'm operating in as a very small person in a large pond of people sure, writing music sure. like this and film, especially like horror films for whatever reason. But yeah, if anyone in, in, who's listening, any littles are producing a horror movie or any <laughs> video that needs original music to go with it, please uh, get in touch. Cause I have scored a film before and done other media work, but this piece was written for a string trio for a concert. It's been performed a few times here in Michigan where I live. Yeah. It's just a little, uh, kind of etude sort of thing for string trio that I couldn't help drawing that reference to one of my favorite metal bands wow. with. Yeah. That's so neat.
0: I mean I, you need inspiration with everything you do. So that's pretty oh, cool. Oh
2: totally. Yeah. yeah.
1: So let's, let's get into this. Let's meet you. <laughs>
0: like, Who are you? <laughs> so
1: where, where are you from? Where did you come from? Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? I'm hoping there's a music degree in there somewhere. I don't know, oh, maybe not. There are
2: three music degrees Ah, in okay. There. Well, I was born in Houston, Texas, and we moved to Dallas when I was three years old. And then when I was eight or nine, we moved to Connecticut. Oh. And I lived in Connecticut through middle school and high school, so fifth grade through high school. And then I went to college back in Houston at a school called Rice University and then I moved up to the Midwest where I am now and I uh, did my master's and doctorate at the University of Michigan and I've been in Michigan for 11 years which I never thought I was like oh it'd be fun to go to the University of Michigan because I've never lived in the Midwest and <laughs> I think I might be here for good
0: yeah, yeah. So. cool Where in Connecticut
2: Ridgefield, oh, which yeah. is south of Danbury. Yep. Nice little farming town, not like the toniest part and a place in that part of Connecticut, mm-hmm. but mostly spent time in that area. And my first music composition teacher was in Hartford. He taught at the Hart School of yep. Music. Sure. And so I would make the drive up 84, like every once a month when I was in high school to take lessons so because you're Roxy you're from Connecticut I
0: am from Connecticut my tap teacher has a dance studio up in Newtown and I actually performed Mm -hmm. at an outdoor theater in Danbury so I know kind of that area fairly well in 84 going up to Hartford we've done it many times in my life so
2: connecticut doesn't get a lot of love i think it's a wonderful state so <laughs> it's nice to talk to someone else who has ties to there so yeah because we're connecticut people are pretty quiet about it i think
0: so. yeah we don't like <laughs> to brag you know
2: <laughs> we'll let all the new yorkers do
0: that right. Right. right right
1: okay so you mentioned three degrees so what are they exactly
2: so they're all degrees in music composition. I got a bachelor's in music and music composition at Rice University. And then I got a master's of music and music composition and a doctorate of musical arts and music composition at the University of Michigan. Wow. So pretty boring, I guess, all the way through with the same thing. But I studied a lot of other stuff too. And in, in my post-doctoral career, I, I teach college courses, and I've been an adjunct, which is someone who gets hired just to teach one class for one semester at five different schools. So, And I've taught a lot of music theory, I've taught orchestration, music technology, music composition, and now I'm teaching a class that's a liberal arts music class at the University of Michigan. So it's been a really fun experience to sort of take some of the really specialized knowledge that I studied my entire Mm -hmm. uh, higher education experience and translate it to people who are passionate students who are interested and passionate about music but are not trained. And it's been a really, I taught it for the first time in the winter term and it went really well. And we start August 31st as the start of the semester for me. So it'll be really fun to get back into it.
1: Wow, it's coming up. Now, what was your major instrument? What did you grow up playing?
2: I played trumpet and Mm -hmm. my dad was not a professional musician at all, but he was a very passionate sort of high school and college amateur musician. He sang mm-hmm. in choir and played trumpet as well. So I have two brothers, I have a twin and an older brother. And when my twin and I were in like third grade or something, he rented a cornet from a music store and like put it in our hands to see if we'd like to play it. And I was like, cool, I'll start taking lessons. My twin was like, I don't like this. And then mm-hmm. six months later, he started taking saxophone lessons because he didn't like that I was taking trumpet lessons. <laughs> and he wasn't taking any <laughs> lessons. But I played trumpet from elementary school through high High school I hated practicing so I did as much as I could playing without really practicing very much which wasn't very I didn't get very far playing the trumpet with that work ethic but um, through that I also in middle school started playing guitar and I was in a band for a little bit but I wanted to play heavy metal no one else in the band wanted to play heavy metal so they kicked me out but (laughs) it was through that experience I started writing original songs and things for the band and for myself to play like improvising more and it was from there that I wanted to try doing music composition and I didn't really know that was something you could do and I found it teacher in Hartford, like I mentioned, and then did a summer program between my junior and senior year of high school at Northwestern University. And I was like, wow, this is like something I'd want to do for college. And then the rest is history. I got wow. into a college composition program I wanted to get into and I haven't looked back. Wow, so
1: so It's so funny that story about your brother, your twin brother. Because <laughs> I, Have I said this on the podcast,
0: Roxy? I don't, I don't know. I don't know.
1: I'll make it really quick just in case I did. I went through a very similar thing where I have a older sister not a twin older sister she's two years older but so she got to do everything right before me growing up and the one Uh thing was she got to start playing an instrument before me she always knew i wanted to play alto sax and so of course she gets to choose two years before me and she chooses the alto sax and i still think to this day it was just to spite me and so of course (laughs) when i become i had this whole plan set up Where I was going to pick the drums because everybody wanted to play drums, and my second choice was alto sax. And the reason I did that was because, of course, I didn't want to be a copycat. And but if the music teacher said I had to because so many people want to play drums that it defaulted to alto sax, well, so be it.
0: Then you win. Then you
1: know that's (laughs) that was the plan until the day when he comes in to announce he's like, oh no, it was a really well mix. Everyone gets their first choice of instrument, and that's how I became a drummer. Yep. I mean, <laughs> it's all thanks to my sister.
2: You overthought
3: it. I did. I way overthought it.
1: But thank goodness, because I you know, I, I think I have told that story longer version on the podcast before, because I always say, I don't know what would have happened, because in my business, now, I'd love to get into a little bit if you've ever done musicals and things like that, which is mm-hmm. what I do. Where as we oh, all guys, I wrote a
2: musical in college. oh, well, Hello?
1: Let's unbury that lead. (laughs) Um, But I was actually I was just going to say is you know as we know if you're going to be in an orchestra pit as a alto sax, which is a reed instrument, you have to play all of them. You can't just just play alto sax.
2: And you have to play flute, maybe. Yeah, well,
1: absolutely, flute, piccolo. And I don't think I would have had that. The patience. I don't think I would have had that. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: Anyway. Although if you were if you were like a orchestral percussionist. And I'm sure you play oh, a lot yeah. of different instruments in addition to the drum set, but oh, no, it's kind of it's interesting because yeah. like percussionists are multi instrumentalists by default as well.
3: Absolutely. So
2: yeah. you didn't avoid that. Well, that's See, you true. you should have been a you should have been a pianist. See, only
1: that's only play so piano. funny. I never even thought of it that way. So yeah, of course I play timpani. I play. We used to joke that there should be a triangulist union. <laughs> um, but a buddy of mine from musical theater days. Um, anyway, let's talk about this musical. What's this musical you wrote?
2: Oh, it's, there's a reason I didn't send you any of the songs. Oh, the nice. songs are fine. It was like a very classic-styled musical that I actually... My dad loves musicals, and mm-hmm. so I, when I was in college, I... Rice University doesn't have a Greek system. They have residential colleges, kind of like schools in England, or Princeton or Hogwarts, is how we would explain <laughs> it when I was in college. And you live on campus, and you kind of live in the same place while you're there. It's a very it's a small university, so they can do that. And so there was like a big basically residential college theater culture and other residential colleges like were sort of known for doing musicals. So I was like, well, I'm a composer. I write really complicated music. I'm sure I can write a musical. And I was very proud of what I did, but it's not like at all the greatest musical ever written. Um, but that's but, uh, still really dad, that's an my accomplishment. Dad helped me with the lyrics and, and the book and I did everything. I did the lights. I helped paint the set. I was the so wait. So this
1: this actually got produced.
2: So yeah, this it got produced at my residential college and they're oh, cool is got, that though we have some dvd recordings of it oh um, we might have
1: to we might have to see this someday. I, could,
2: I could send you some songs
1: okay me. all right well listen speaking of we've got so much more to get into but let's take a quick break and i'm looking forward to hearing all about this so all right loyal littles we'll be right back with meet the littles
2: this is mark schaefer and you're listening to the loyal littles podcast on the wtfc podcast
0: network
1: Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast and we are lucky enough to be here with Garrett Schumann who might or might not have just revealed something about me and like I said Littles when we take a break we take a break we do some shitty chat yeah what'd you you call me Tom Sawyer is that what you call me
2: (laughs) I did liken you to Tom Sawyer
1: yeah yeah had to do with an alto clef and a viola that's all we're gonna say
0: (laughs) you figure it out
2: tweet hashtag Chuck is like Tom Sawyer to the Loyal's Little, ah. Loyal Littles podcast with your theories on how all those things come together.
0: <laughs> ah, I like this I game. Mean,
1: Littles, if if I'm being honest, I'm just going to say it was two band geeks going at it off, off air. I mean, we were just like <laughs> going down the rabbit hole of, I mean, this has been great. Obviously, we have a lot in common, which is so much fun. And Roxy's just been sitting here like listening, appeasing us. And, uh, Listening
0: so, and learning. So
1: why don't we get into some stuff that has to do with the Loyal Littles and explain to us how this? Let's go there. Do you get offended when people call us band geeks? No, I don't either. <laughs> I'm like, if I knew <laughs> what I knew back then, now, and like, it's fine. I'm totally fine. Uh, the, you wrote a musical for Pete Saints.
2: The only thing that I would get pissed off about being a music student was when. I, a lot of the people I was roommates with or was around in, in college were engineers, and they would be like, I wish I had only had to take aural skills, ear training class for my homework, my exact oh, math, your face. whatever. And I was like, okay, I can probably learn the equations that you have to figure out how to do but can you do dictation? Like, can you write down a melody right. that's being played on piano three times and figure that out? It's it's hard stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was the only time that I that I would be like.
0: And rightfully okay. so.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, all right. I,
0: yeah, rightfully
1: so. so. Let's hear it for the band geeks part. <laughs> all right. So now my <laughs> yes. question did you play any sports in high school, college at all?
2: no i was a real band geek stereotype in that way i mean like we would do like when we were in high school we would play flag football with friends sure. and maybe i there was when i was a freshman in college i think i did intramural flag football too or like pick up basketball and that sort of thing but yeah, not really frisbee, maybe. serious <laughs> right. athletics i'm only five six so really not that advantaged athletically yeah. so okay you know
1: wasn't dustin pedroia five six
0: yeah, he's 5'6 yeah. or five, seven. Yeah. Anyway. He's but, not so now, but
2: could Dustin Pedroia do oral skills? Oh exactly. Exactly. Probably not. Exactly.
1: Watch, he probably is <laughs> brilliant musician, and we just don't even know it. <laughs> now, but my question is, so how the heck did you start listening to a sports podcast and the Tony Cornizer? How'd you become a little? All that stuff.
2: Well, I, I like sports a lot, but it was really through, like, I would watch PTI and Around the Horn when I would get home from high school, and so I was attached To Tony, And then really from, I think, probably when PTI started 20 years ago. And then I've been listening to podcasts for a long time. Like, I really started to get into podcasts 10 years ago. Actually, it was maybe a little longer than that. When I was in college, I lived in Germany one summer, and I would listen to the podcast versions of Around the Horn and PTI to, like, Mm -hmm. stay connected to what was happening back in the States. It was, like, 2009, so, like, it wasn't super easy to track stuff on the Internet. Back then, especially like with international data rates and that sort of thing. So, like, I was like, oh, if I can like listen to this, I can follow what's going on. And that kind of got me in the routine but it wasn't until 2010 bill simmons was a guest on pti and i had been listening to bill simmons podcast for a long time and he like mentioned as they were getting off the episode like oh tony you have a podcast too and i was like what what is that like <laughs> and so i and i tracked it down this was in the era of podcast delay wow. and i found the uh, illicit way around that and so i started listening really i loved the length of the show at the time it was long and it happened every day Mm -hmm. and so like that i I like longer podcasts and i like the regularity and so i was i became a really avid listener and i think i sent in an email that was read like four months or so into my listening and then i was like totally hooked because I was like, wow, if I can just like make it through the whatever invisible web of criteria, you have to get an email read on the show. I was like, that feels really good. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that was like the John Beck era of the Washington football team. Wow, okay. And he would joke about that. And that's kind of how I pinpoint when I started listening to the show.
1: Okay, well, Garrett, you filled out the form. Not everyone fills out the form. So we want to get to some of these. Um, hello. Oh, okay. You helped restore George Gershwin's piano. Please explain. Yes.
2: So when I was a doctoral student at Michigan, I worked part-time as a piano technician, mostly doing maintenance on the pianos at the School of Music there, but some tuning as well, like the really unimportant pianos, because it's hard to tune a piano. Yeah. And while I was in that job, the George Gershwin estate gave one of his pianos to the School of Music at Michigan, a 1933 Steinway Model <sighs> A, which is a very unusual yes is a very unique piano because it has different dimensions than the Model A Steinways that they make now. And so I helped do some of the, I won't get too specific, but I did help with the restoration of that. And my name is in the piano because that's something piano technicians do when they work on a piano as they sign the inside. So.
0: Wow. Wow. I did not know that. That is really cool. And
1: so why Michigan? Not that they weren't deserving, but I'm just curious, was there?
2: Well, I think, There is a faculty member at the School of Music who's a a musicologist, a music historian, who was like really driving this collaboration between the estate and the School of Music. Gotcha. And then also, I think probably the strength of the musical theater department probably had Mm. something to do with it. Yeah,
0: they have an excellent
1: theater department. Yeah, great theater department. Yeah. All right. And then one more thing we need to get into is now you were at the big house for the first Uh, night game. Is that what you said?
2: Yes. What year so was, was that? It was September 10th, 2011, which was my birthday. And my birthday is September 10th. So all of you listeners so now we know. wish me happy Put birthday. Put that in your
1: calendars, everyone. Okay.
2: Um, and I. I was there actually my twin was visiting, so we were there on our birthday at the game. And I'm a big fan of Michigan sports. My father in law who's taught at Michigan since nineteen seventy nine, he has season tickets to the football team and the basketball team, so I've gone to a lot of great games. But this was it was really special not just to be there at night which was great because we were really hung over and we needed the whole day to be able to attend. But it was a fantastic game against Notre Dame. I think they've only played mo- other night games against Notre Dame. They may only play night games against Notre Dame. But, oh, uh, maybe. Michigan fans will remember Denard Robinson, our very exciting diminutive quarterback who ran around a lot and was a really dynamic player and it like ended in the final seconds of the game. He completed this long pass to, I think his name was, Jeremy Gallon or something like that. He was a wide receiver, and they won the game. It was super exciting and a really special day to be there on our birthday and also at this, like, special moment. I was also at the last... Game that Michigan beat Ohio State, which was a very long time ago, <laughs> because Ohio State has destroyed us, yeah. and I don't want to talk about it. Um, okay. We don't but, need uh, to talk about. It. But I was there the last. So I, I like to joke that they keep losing because I'm not at the game.
1: Oh, w- we yeah. all know,
2: we all know that that wouldn't be the case. That well, you never know. Michigan just hasn't been good enough. But it was that was a really exciting game to go to. So
1: that's amazing, though. So now the biggest question, though, is. Do you still have the ticket stub?
2: I think I do somewhere. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. But, you know, I have the memories. I'm not like that obsessive about it. Well,
1: we just had a recent conversation <laughs> about that. That's why I'm I bringing know. this up. You, okay.
2: You, the guy who was at Cal Ripken Game or whatever. Well, I was has the ticket Sam, stub. yeah. Well, I'm, Oh, no. You were at Derek Jeter's yeah, 2000th I was, hit. Yes. And you yep. called it, and you called that it would be a home run. All right. I,
1: I, I believe no, you listened to the Jeter, episode. You don't have to like...
2: Derek. No, Derek Jeter is from Michigan, so I was oh. excited to hear ah. about that. Yeah, I I think I do somewhere, but I I couldn't find it. I'm not. I when you were talking about that, I was like, oh no, like I don't have any of those things. So, but um, <laughs> but it was. I remember that it was a very special game. To yeah. Be on, so that's
0: great. That's all that matters.
1: All right. Well, real quickly, we're gonna ask you a few quick rapid fire questions this week, and then we'll get you out of here. So, Roxy
0: favorite ice cream flavor
2: I don't like ice cream All
0: right there I you like go I like
2: ice cream sandwiches
0: Oh
3: okay just
2: a, just a classic vanilla yep. with a ideally the Toll House ice cream sandwich with the chocolate chip cookie Oh yeah I like those
0: those are good I like that I mm-hmm. like that I That don't counts really like ice cream.
1: All right well I have to ask you this one it's an oldie but a goodie If you were hosting Saturday Night Live what musical guest would you want to introduce
2: Oh there's a German doom metal band that I love called Ahab. They're the number one band that I want to see live. Okay. And so I'd be able to see them live yeah. if they were on SNL. Well, more importantly, so you'd get I to
1: hang do. out with them afterwards, presumably, and things yep. like that.
2: Oh, that would be awesome. And, and also, we need more heavy metal on SNL, to yeah. be honest. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would love it, to sure see it's that. I'm sure happened before.
0: <laughs> um, what is the most courageous thing you've ever done? This is a debut question. Okay.
2: okay. I turned down a teaching position offer that would have been like a full-time teaching position, which I don't have, in a location where we didn't want to be Mm -hmm. as a family and I didn't know my wife, if she would have a job, and I turned that down so we could settle in a place where we knew we would be happier and she would have a job and we'd be closer to family. Yeah. And so I kind of turned down sort of the dream outcome that I thought maybe I wanted for what I knew would actually be more fulfilling. Yeah. And it was a mm-hmm. good decision.
0: That so. is a courageous decision. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: So
1: let me get us back
2: on track here. Um
1: <laughs> if you could be a cartoon character for a week, who would it be?
2: I loved the when I was a kid, I loved the Cartoon Network parody version of Space Ghost. Space Ghost Coast to Coast, oh, when he hosted a talk show, and it was very strange and weird. And I would love to be that character of this weird, dumb space ghost who didn't really know what was going on.
1: Oh, I'm going to have to Google that. I don't know that one.
0: So. <laughs> I've heard of it. It's
2: very strange humor. Mm-hmm. It's okay. very strange humor. Right, fair enough. Oh, or I think... One of the characters on Archer, we love the show Archer in my house, and I just think it would be fun to be able to drink that much during the day <laughs> and not have to look at you askance because that's a running thing in the show, and I think that would be that would be a fun world to inhabit
3: for All right.
2: uh, <laughs> in a fantasy like that. So gotcha.
1: love it, excellent. All right, well, thank you so much for coming on the Loyal Littles podcast. This has been fun, Garrett. Is there anything we can plug for you, and how can we get in touch with you? You said you have a website coming out, right?
2: Yes, I have a website, it's garretschuman.com, that's G-A-R-R-E-T-T-S-C-H-U-M-A-N-N. And yeah, you can find on my website, you can find stuff about my music. I'm, I'm available to score your horror movies uh, or for whatever else you need. The guy from Bells Up, if you want a special French horn Ooh. fanfare to celebrate your next bottle of Pinot Noir, please get in contact. But the best place to find me is Twitter. My handle is G-A-R-R-T, Gart. And I'm on there all the time because I'm parenting a toddler most of my <laughs> hours and i need something to look at because i love my son very much but it is kind of mind-numbing at times so you can find me on i tweet about a lot of different stuff and that's a great way to connect if you want to just uh chat because we can't all be in the same place right now absolutely
1: yeah. and uh since you brought him up that guy david specter from bells up winery now mm-hmm. did you hear his episode that we did I have not listened to Oh, you should to listen one. because I have the relatively... <laughs> I didn't realize that Bell's Up was to do with the bell of the French horn. Right. I had no idea. Uh-huh. I just thought that was brilliant. And did you know... Yeah. Well, I don't want to spoil it for you, but all his wines are based on uh, uh, composition. Mm-hmm.
2: I thought... Yeah, you have you to know, deep dive I, into that. It's it's amazing. I'll have to listen to that episode. Yeah, I... Again, David Spector, if you're listening, I would love to get in contact. I love writing for French horn, so... Wow. All right. Thank you for letting me plug Littles that. connecting and with
1: Littles. Oh, of course. Thank you for taking the time to come on and meet the Littles. This has been great. And as an homage to the big show, we'll get you out of here on this.
0: Over or under.
2: What if I told you I don't care?
0: That is perfectly acceptable. I guess. Well,
2: we have an old house, and so the toilet paper roll holders are too small for a modern toilet yes. paper roll. Gotcha. So we don't even put them in the holder. That, that is right.
0: perfectly fine. That's fine. Yeah. Now, everyone has a strong opinion, and it's usually one way or the other, <laughs> but perfect we've, we've like right others. down the middle is also a strong answer yeah, we've had others
1: <laughs> there most you know this, I, most people are just like as long as it's there yeah as long as it's there
0: yeah
2: i'm a pacifist <laughs> in the over under
1: <laughs> okay so. will bond
2: no, I'm just
1: <laughs> <laughs> well garrett thank you again for coming on we really appreciate the time
2: okay great thank you so much
1: all right all you loyal littles we'll be right back
2: this is Lee Gordon, and you're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast
3: Network.
1: Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. And thank you, Garrett, for coming on. And that geek fest, as I'm calling it. a yep. lot, lot, of uh, I al- definitely
0: got to sit back and just listen. Yeah, a lot, a lot of
1: lot. alto clef, mm-hmm. viola talk, and mm-hmm. stuff like mm-hmm. that. <laughs> and... Uh, Really good stuff. He did send us like four or five songs. So we might circle around and put another one of his songs on the podcast at some point. Now, the most important part of that is he had a story he was telling us, but I didn't put it in the interview. And But later on, he ended up tweeting about it. And he actually says, The true test of being the official craft beer connoisseur of the Littles is whether you'll meet up in a Wendy's parking lot off the highway to do a beer exchange. You're the only person I know who would do that, so that means you hold the title. And, of course, he's referring to Mr. Todd K. Yep. Yeah, there's no question in our heart. And like we said, there is no question about the Loyal Littles podcast. Now, of course, he's referring to the big show. Mm -hmm. Now, there's been some controversy there last week or so about who will hold that title. But I think we all know in our hearts who that is. Who that is. Mm -hmm. Right. So, all right, you two, let's get to the Friday Five. Friday five, Friday five, oh Friday, Friday five, Friday five, Friday five, oh Friday, Friday five, Friday five, Friday five, oh Friday, Friday five, Friday five. Now it's time for Friday five, tell you why, because it's Friday and it's time to jive. And when a little tells us in advance, then we actually stand a chance. It's time for the Friday Friday, Friday Five, oh, Friday, Friday Five, the Friday Five, Friday Five, oh, Friday, Friday Five, the Friday Five, Friday
0: Five, oh, Friday, Friday
3: Five, the Friday
1: Five. The Friday five. How about that, Roxy? We did it. Not bad. All right. So we, we had made to come, a jingle. We had to come up with something. It got ridiculous. We didn't know what we were going to do. So we just threw something together. We hope you enjoyed it. What do we got, Roxy?
0: All right. This is from Sam Gordon. And number one. You have the choice of any food and any chef. Choose your perfect three-course meal and accompanying beverages.
4: All right, Simon, you want to do that one? Sure. Well, the, the chef would have to be Heston Blumenthal, who does like, he's a British chef, but you may have heard him, does like the weirdest, craziest combinations of things like pig farm ice cream, or and yet makes everything taste delicious. Hmm. Uh, so in terms of three-course meal... I'm sorry, can we
1: before. stop? Hold on, pause. What? Pig <laughs> up, farm?
4: He's, he's famous for taking things that you wouldn't ever imagine and then turning it into like an amazing weird high-tech meal okay choice. Mm, i'm gonna okay. i'm gonna so trust you
1: on that go keep, ahead. Going. keep going i'm gonna just trust you on that keep going yeah
4: and uh and then i, I always love a mezcal margarita so mm. yeah, right. there you go
1: roxy mm-hmm. what do you got
0: well my appetizer would be pigs in a blanket my main course would be pasta of any kind, all kinds of pasta, and my dessert would probably be ice cream or a creme brulee, and my beverages, rosé, champagne, anything, anything Sam like Adams, that. any <laughs> any of those, um, Jameson, I mean, not all at once, of course, but I'm open okay. to the possibilities. No,
1: but you don't have a chef, right? I mean, I was going to say, if I may step in here, like, yeah. Roxy and I are not... I don't want to say food snobs because that I don't mean to sound like... Oh,
0: we're not food snobs. No, I, but I
1: mean, I also don't want to insult people that just like food and mm-hmm. they, they do enjoy it. You know, I mean, Simon had a chef right off on the tip of his tongue. You know, we don't. So I just know where we like to go eat. I don't know who the no, chef is. I,
0: I would have Paul Hollywood make me a delicious dessert. Ooh, Who's that? Very nice. So Great yeah. British baking so show. you guys
1: watch these shows. I don't watch any of these shows, so I can't just pick up a name and throw it out there. I mm-hmm. have no idea. I mean, I've heard of Emile. Is that... A, that's some guy, right? Emile? Isn't Emerald? that a show? Emerald. That's the guy. Okay. Uh. See, Claire, it's not just TV shows. <laughs> All right. So I don't know. I don't know these people. So anyway, I'm just going to say we're very similar. I like pasta dishes, but I, I do like a good steak, mm-hmm. things like that for a main meal. I don't really have an appetizer. Maybe a salad. Yeah, I,
0: I like Caesar salad. Caesar
1: salad and then dessert. I'm just mm-hmm. a big ice cream, but a very simple ice cream. Nothing
0: yeah. too cray cray. No, I judge weddings on the one fact of if they have pigs in a blanket or not as part of the um, oh. appetizers my dad so, likes a
1: good
3: pig in a
0: blanket and there was too, one yeah. wedding where i re- i found out where they were all coming out from with their with the trays and i just camped out and i basically stole all the pigs in a blanket it mm-hmm. was great yeah
3: <laughs>
1: All right. Number two, you were given a portal, which allows you to view any historical event. Which event are you choosing? Now, I feel like this kind of is a semi meet the littles kind of question. Mm-hmm. That's so a this good is, one. Yeah. This is interesting. We might use it. What do you got, Roxy?
0: Oh, gosh. Um, either opening night of Radio City in 1933 or Ooh, opening good. night of 42nd Street on Broadway in 1982. Four. Something somewhere in there. The opening night of Forty Second Street. Ideally, I would have loved to have been in the show. But big announcement. That was the but also the you night that even born yet. right. That was also the night that um, famous dancer choreographer, extraordinaire Gower Champion, passed away. And just that announcement.
1: The producer announced it at the curtain call. Didn't even tell the cast.
0: Yeah. Um, the but that that would have been really interesting to be. That's a good around, Google for. by the way, mm-hmm. uh,
1: Littles, if you're interested in any of that because. Yeah controversial because they think the producer did it on purpose to sell tickets and make yeah, a big deal about it because right. they knew it'd be on the news and all that stuff mm-hmm. so some of the actors were really furious that they didn't tell yeah, them i get that so simon what do you got
4: i don't know a big bang
0: mm.
4: yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, some sort of you know where life started so i could then come back and be like hey this is actually what happened
0: yeah <laughs>
1: Well, and I'm going to go, I've got many, obviously there's many baseball related ones that I would love, but actually because today on this day in 1963 was the, I have a dream speech Mm. and knowing now how important and how impactful, impactful, good word, Roxy, uh, monumental, just so many adjectives for it. It's just that would be one that I would it's almost up there with like Gettysburg Address. So but I'm going to pick the I have a dream speech because you hear it all the time. And especially since today's the anniversary of it, Mm -hmm. I just wanted to make sure we got that out there and brought that to everyone's attention because it's such an important one. And it just seems like that would have been an amazing one to be at. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm going to go with. Uh, Simon, you got the next one.
4: I got it. Yeah. Number three. What is the one sporting event that you will always remember being there? And what's the one that got away?
1: Oh, this is tricky for me. The one I'll always remember being at, I, I say it all the time, is Jeter's 3000th probably because so many people in New York make a big deal about it, which it was a big deal. That's not, I mean, I've, off, I've also said the Kentucky Derby. That's
0: what I thought you would have said.
1: Yeah, just being at that. But it wasn't, it was just another Kentucky Derby. You know what I mean? It wasn't like any records were broken, or but anything it was the like one that. you were at. Well, that's true, but it just says. Well, the I thought it was like I'll, you'll always remember being at. Mm-hmm. So that, to me, that means like you know something really big happened. Mm-hmm. So I mean, obviously, yeah, I guess you're right. I'll always remember the one that got away. I I have two for that too. The one I. <laughs> There was one. I don't want to step on you because I know which one you're going to pick, Roxy. So I'm going to leave that go. But I did have a guy literally the day of call me. I'm in New York and there's a World Series game in Boston saying, hey, if you can get here tonight, I've got mm-hmm, to take it for you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. And I had a show. So I'm like, I can't call out now. You know, this was like at noon for an eight o'clock. And so I just couldn't do it. So I guess that's one. But the other one is very weirdly is it was a day game here. It was a makeup game. And I was going to go at Yankee Stadium, just a random Yankee game. And I didn't do it. Cause I went to play softball or something instead. And it was the day Aaron judge broke the rookie home run record, I believe. Mm-hmm. So that's one that got away. Cause it yeah. would have been cool to say I was at that one too. All right, yeah. Roxy, what do you got for this one?
0: Well, the sporting event that I'll always remember is actually the same guy that offered you the world series ticket offered us um, a playoff series division championship against. series, uh, the Red Sox against the Astros in 2018. Yeah. And I Chuck couldn't go. Um I but show. I took the tickets <laughs> anyway and I brought my dad. Well, and, I was like, You
1: gotta give, bring your dad.
0: Yeah, and it was it was awesome. It was such a fun, fun day, fun experience. And
1: and if I'm being honest, Littles, I did think I thought this through and I thought, you know, this is before we were even engaged. Right so, before. Right before we got engaged. Like so I thought two months before this would be a good little chip to have. You know, like, <laughs> oh I'm gonna the future father in law, I'm gonna give up my ticket to the playoff division <laughs> oh, series. Man. So that he well, can have he, his father-daughter moment. You
0: didn't really have a choice because you had work. But I, I could have um, just skipped. I could have maybe called out. My other one. I don't know if I have one. Okay. Sorry, I'm boring. So you
1: didn't have tickets, or you had tickets but you didn't go, Mm-mm. or anything like that. I don't think so.
0: Yeah. Not that I remember.
1: Okay. All right, Simon, what do you got?
4: Well, a sporting event that I always remember being there um, for the wrong reasons. My first. This. I feel like my answers aren't really what your answers were, but whatever. My first ever American football game, it was our first game as a club against Anglia Polytechnic University. We were winning. It was the last seconds, and they threw a Hail Mary, and I just remember everything in slow motion, and seeing this guy, Phil Riley, sorry to call you out, but he uh, he swatted at the ball, missed it. The guy caught it, and it was like, oh, he could still tackle him. The game's over. Didn't tackle him, and, and we lost our first ever no. game, well, never. It's burned into my memory forever, that sporting event. So um, make sure
1: I write his name down, though, so I can tag him.
4: Phil Riley. Yeah, please tag him. He loves that He'll love this. He loves how I tell the story all the time. Okay. <laughs> he'll blame the defensive coordinator. Of course. And then the one that got away, probably just the, the Rugby World Cup in uh, Australia when England won. We don't really win much, as everyone at this point knows <laughs> from listening to this. And we won the Rugby World Cup. I went and saw, I, I did fly to Australia to watch one of the earlier rounds and watch England won. But oh. God, to have been there for the final would have been my. Oh,
1: wow. Sure. All right. Number four, we all know that The Godfather is the greatest movie trilogy of all time. Well. Apart from Toy Story and Star Wars. No, I still think Godfather gets it. But what is the one movie that should have had a sequel but never did? Roxy, what do you got?
0: The first thing that popped into my head, and it did have a sequel, but it could have...
1: Well, wait a minute. What are you doing here? No,
0: but it it could have a third movie, and it could become a trilogy. Princess Diaries, and they haven't done it yet so they need to get on that. Great movies.
1: All right. I, I've got a, a few. I, I, here's my big thing. I love the historic, even if they're not exactly, there's some embellishment on the mm-hmm. historical things that happened. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go non-sports real quick first because I was a diehard crazy. When Evita came out, I was a freak about it. I did all this research about the historicness and I actually did a paper in college on fact of fiction on in musical theater yeah, on, and
0: then you made me watch some documentaries yeah, last year in yeah. COVID and yeah well quarantine she, and she wasn't into that ugh. um
1: but I was always just so infatuated by what like what happened to her body after and these are things in the movie and the musical that were not and I always thought oh how cool would it be to see after because she had sisters a brother all this, what happened to Juan Perón after she died and all that stuff. So there's one right there because they did technically make a movie about it. But the other one, some, a movie like, I'm going to go sports and just say like Rudy.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Rudy was such a great movie and we see what happened. Like what happened to Rudy after that famous game at Notre Dame, you know, he gets carried off the field and all that stuff. Like, what happened? Obviously, we know he didn't go on to play like a major. He wasn't in the NFL or anything like that. But like, what happened to it? Like, there's got to be a story there. Yeah, you know, just stories like that because it was such a good movie. I mean, I could go on another one since we were just talking about it a couple weeks ago. Feel the dreams. I that mean, well they're, well, they're talking, they, they're actually in the process of creating a TV series. Now, I don't right. know what that's going to be about, if there's going to be like different players that come out of the cornfield all the time and stuff like that. Anyway, Simon, all right, what do you got?
4: Titanic.
3: Oh. Sure.
4: Yeah. Like that's... what happens to all the people under yeah. the water? You know, like do they meet mermaids and <laughs>
0: Also, kind of does thing. she? You're reg- talking
4: about the dead people. Does
0: she regret hogging the entire door?
4: Well, okay. Yeah, just, yeah. We want to see her life of regret, knowing yeah. that she could have fit him on that easily. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. So you're all going with this dumb made-up movie that they did. I'm going with like <laughs> the real thing.
0: It's not a made Titanic actually happened. Okay, but yeah,
1: you're talking it did, about it these. Did like, okay, yeah. it did happen. Okay, but <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's some conspiracy theories of did it really sink and all oh, that. Anyway. Let's not go. Let's not <laughs> okay, go. Okay, but no, my point is like I would, all right, I'm with you, but I'm actually more towards like the fact, factual elements of it. and these I'm
0: sure and there was like somebody, somebody sitting on a door and that wouldn't didn't let that the guy didn't on. Share and, the yeah. door with somebody okay. else because people are selfish and rude. <laughs>
1: All right, Roxy, what's the last one?
0: Number five, with the discussions of cornhole on the pod, what is the one pub game that you could have been a professional in? Hmm.
1: I know what yours is, Roxy.
0: Mine? Okay, tell me, because I have no clue.
1: Uh, Hello, Five Cup Kelly. Oh,
0: yeah, beer pong? (laughs) Uh,
1: That's her nickname in college, Five Cup Kelly. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I got five in a row on my first try playing the game, and I didn't even drink any of the the beer that was in the (laughs) cups. I gave it to other people. And, yeah, I got five in a row. Yeah. Almost for a comeback win. We had a major s- comeback, but we didn't quite win. Yeah.
1: But still got you a nickname. So that's oh, yeah. Cool. I was famous. All right, Simon, what do you got?
4: I don't know if it counts as a pub game. It's like a garden game. So maybe it doesn't count. Mm-hmm. I was going to say croquet. Very posh. Oh. No, um, I like croquet. Game, yeah. Actually, there's a game called Bat and Trap over here. It's a pub game. Uh, it's like you've got this like tiny target. You have to like flick the ball in the air and hit it, and then someone has to catch it and then throw it. At... It's some silly pub game, but it's actually kind of fun. So yeah, go bat and trap.
1: Yeah. All right. I'm not good at any of them, full disclosure. I feel
0: like you could be good at darts. Well, I
1: was going to say, darts would be the one I would pick mm-hmm. if I had to pick one, mm-hmm. but I'm still not going to like a bar with Sully and putting money on the table and saying, <laughs> I got you. You know, like I'm not going to talk smack. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I'm pretty good, but... Yeah, so I, I guess darts would definitely be the one I would go mm-hmm. to. All right. Well, that's our Friday Five. Thanks, Sam Gordon, for that. Great questions. Really good questions. Yeah. Actually, some of them kind of are, are Meet the Littles questions mm-hmm. in some sense. So that was kind of fun for us to answer those. And once again, thanks, Garrett Schumann, for coming on as our Meet the Littles guest. And don't forget to tweet at us, email us. All the above are toilet paper competition. Is that what we're calling it? What do we the call it? The toilet
0: paper challenge. The
1: toilet paper challenge. Sorry, I couldn't remember what we How were actually calling How many
0: rolls of toilet paper can you stand on your head and... Balance. Yeah.
1: And we've got a great prize for the winner. Now, we've had some responses and yep. they're very clever, mm-hmm. Ed, but yes, I'm talking to you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, but remember, we want to see them balanced on the head. So some of them are getting clever, but make sure they're sitting on top of the head for at least like a second or so.
0: Yeah. Enough time to get yeah. a picture.
1: So, uh, Simon, are, are you in? Do we have your picture? um
4: <laughs> I'll give it a go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So, how many do you think you can do, Simon? Three. Three. Yeah. Well, that's not going to win. I already did
0: four. I would love to see someone in an aisle at Costco's okay. with one of those big, big. Well, that's kind of what
1: Ed Butt did. A yeah. He had what, a 48 role? But like role?
0: in Costco's.
1: In Costco's. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. With like
0: people watching <laughs> on the side.
1: And then tell them what it's for.
0: Yeah. Now, I don't unfortunately have a Costco's membership at yeah. the moment but thank goodness because um, we have no room for that if we ever stuff. move out to the suburbs <laughs> oh yeah absolutely definitely
1: so alright well most importantly Roxy if they want to join in the toilet paper challenge yep. as we're calling it how can they get in touch with us you
0: can email us at wtfcpodnet at gmail.com we're also on twitter at loyal littles pod we're also on instagram at the loyal littles podcast and don't forget about our facebook page the loyal littles podcast
1: and remember if you're listening on over on itunes or apple podcast please Please, please please give us a rate and review. All right you two, let's get out of here. Happy National Wine Day. Let's all go have a nice glass of wine, maybe from Bells Up Winery. Mhm. At Bells Up Winery, right? Yep. And as always, if you're out shopping online tonight, use the code
2: people. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs>
0: Loyal Littles Podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Croco. And the Loyal Littles Podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan.
2: What if I told you I don't care?